This is the podcast Find It with Kate Moorhead. My name is Kate Moorhead, and this podcast is called Find It The Vital Signs of the Spiritual Life. I walked into my parents' bedroom one evening to tell them that I felt God calling me to become a priest. As former Hindus turned Episcopalian, they still slept on a mattress on the floor as the Hindus did. I was 19 years old in my sophomore year at Vassar. As the words came out of my mouth, I was gazing at their dresser. A strange vision came into my mind. I pictured standing on a rock in a vast body of water. As the tide began to rise, I was going to have to jump from rock to rock to survive. Somehow, instinctively, I understood that I would be able to serve in these beautiful churches, but I would be jumping from one to the other as the rising tide of secularism began to sweep people away. I would have time to be a priest as the church was gently submerging into a world of secularism. I would be running out of time. As a child, I made up a game called the ship game. It was similar in nature to my vision. My friends and I pretended that we were on a ship and the water was rising. We could jump to a small island or a rock from our boat and then back again. We would put pillows all over the floor and leap from one to the other. But if we touched the water, we would die. Sometimes we upgraded the water to lava. It was fun. As a Generation X child whose parents raised me in the shadow of the Cold War and who built a bomb shelter in their basement, no wonder I thought that the life that I knew might end. I think that I pretended to jump from pillow to pillow in my living room to express the anxiety that lived inside me. The world was changing rapidly. Would the church change with it? We do not understand the magnitude of the historic transition that consumes us. The arrival of technology and the ability to communicate across the planet in seconds is altering our minds. Our brains are in a period of adjustment which causes great anxiety, depression, and a constant state of restlessness. We are evolving. Our very nature is changing. As the waters rise above our heads, we will soon be submerged into a new kind of interconnected world where our iPhones become part of our physical bodies. We will be living in communion with computers. When the printing presses were invented in the 1500s, the church in the Western Hemisphere was altered forever fragmented, fighting for truth. People began to read the Bible for themselves, and when they read about Jesus walking around as a poor man, they began to wonder why the church was so rich. The resulting Reformation and Counter-Reformation were painful and bloody, but the impetus was genuine and truthful. We had strayed from the way of Jesus. Today I am the Dean of an Episcopal Cathedral in Jacksonville, Florida. 
Sometimes I watch the faces of 20-year-olds who walk into the cathedral for the first time. They are struck by the beauty of the sanctuary, how the light streams through the stories of Jesus' life in the stained glass windows, how the music elevates the soul to new heights. They watch us process down the aisle in robes with candles, and it's all fascinating. It is art. But they don't know the why behind each movement. They don't resonate to the cadence of the ancient words that we have spoken over and over again for our entire lives. The service seems long and rather incomprehensible to them. They wonder what it all has to do with Jesus. They are drawn to its mystery and beauty, but they lack the drive to be disciplined enough to attend regularly. They are without root, without depth of understanding. The first Christians huddled together in their homes and shared a meal together. Over the meal, they remembered Jesus, how he gave his life so that they could live eternally. They shared bread and wine and believed that those became his body and blood. This simple act of sharing a meal became so sacred that they would eventually build beautiful cathedrals to house that meal and compose profound music to express their gratitude and still, even the height of beauty could not capture its essence. They could not have foreseen how that same beauty would at times become an idol. They could not have foreseen how their simple meal at home could evolve into a ritual whose execution would threaten to become more important than the message itself if they were not diligent and disciplined and very, very careful. Each year I look at our budget. We are a lively and thriving cathedral in the core of the city of Jacksonville. People are incredibly faithful and generous, and yet our facility is so expensive that each year I pray we will have enough money to minister and keep up the maintenance. And in the years to come, will it be enough? Across the country, smaller churches are closing their doors. Churches across the U.S. and Europe are sitting empty or becoming museums, restaurants, and apartments. The cathedral in Rhode Island is now a museum. We have closed numbers of churches in Florida, but we don't talk about it much. I suppose we feel like failures, forgetting that it was our Lord himself who died for us and that maybe we too must die in order to live. As the water rises and the smaller rocks are covered by the tide, I look to the great cathedrals. Will the tide of secularism cover them too? The pandemic has birthed virtual worship and online communities. Are they to last into the future? There is a beautiful poem that Richard Rohr identifies in his remarkable book, Breathing Underwater. The poem is written by Carol Bielek. I built my house by the sea. Not on the sands, mind you, not on the shifting sand, and I built it of rock, a strong house by a strong sea. And we got well acquainted, the sea and I, good neighbors, not that we spoke much. We met in silences, respectful, keeping our distance, but looking our thoughts across the fence of sand. 
always the fence of sand our barrier, always the sand between. And then one day, and I still don't know how it happened, the sea came. Without warning, without welcome even, not sudden and swift, but a shifting across the sand like wine, less like the flow of water than the flow of blood, slow but coming, slow but flowing like an open wound. And I thought of flight, and I thought of drowning, and I thought of death. And while I thought the sea crept higher till it reached my door, and I knew then there was neither flight nor death nor drowning, that when the sea comes calling, you stop being neighbors, well-acquainted, friendly-at-a-distance neighbors, and you give your house for a coral castle, and you learn to breathe underwater. We are becoming submerged in a new kind of reality, one in which technology shapes our minds, but we can learn to breathe underwater. The breath of God, the Holy Spirit, will find us amidst the chaos of this new age. We will, once more, be reborn of water and the Spirit. We must find it again, the essence of our life together, the things that keep us alive, the vital signs of the life of the Spirit, and taking a deep breath, step into the water. This is the podcast Find It with Kate Moorhead.